It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, May 11th, and you're listening to episode 415. I'm your host, Jason, and I have a very special guest today that I'm excited to have here on the line with me, and that is Cleo Yonsu Davis, uh, who is a fellow designer, a role-playing game designer specifically, um, who known for things like kids on working on kids on bikes, uh, doing a uh, awesome adventure called No Such Place as Koreatown. Hey, Cleo, how you doing? I'm great. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, sorry, that was like a lot to say. I normally would be like, <laughs> "Hey, guest," and then I just was like, "I'm just gonna steamroll this." So, <laughs> just get it all out. Yes, yes. And so you, um, in addition to that and some other things you're working on, you've also. Um, are one of the designers of Battle of the Boy Bands, uh, which is uh, being published by Game and a Curry on on Kickstarter now, actually. So yeah, yeah. So we thought we'd have you on, and we'll chat about some stuff, and then you can tell us all about Battle of the Boy Bands as well, uh, which is a game I'm very interested in. Um, I've been watching the promo stuff uh, for a while now that Banana's been putting out there, and uh, yeah, and I, I jumped out and backed it the first day because uh, it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, but we'll get to that later. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, how are how are things going for you in all of this stuff here of late? <laughs> the, the stuff, stuff. <laughs> the global stuff. Um, my, my my young kids call it the sickness. So, oh boy, yeah. <laughs> that they sounds came, very ominous. I mean, it is yeah. ominous, so it's fitting. They came up with it though. Like I didn't even. They just started calling it that. So, I do like the tweets and like memes that are going around about like young children now speaking as if it we were all in, like in a YA dystopian novel. <laughs> It's yeah. very fitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah, because we kind of are. But uh, yeah. yeah. So where um where do you where where are you based out of? So I'm based part time in Virginia and then part time in Texas. Normally, right now it's 100 percent Virginia. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that is uh yeah. yeah. Those are those are slightly different climates. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> slightly. Texas in summer is not it's not good but um, no I've been there like once and it was real hot so yeah I don't recommend August in Texas uh, <laughs> right. but it's yeah I have like my different game design crews kind of in both places um both are very like there's definitely uh my my background is mostly in like role-playing games right so I have like my Virginia role-playing crew and then my Texas role-playing crew and I feel like um they both have the, the Texas one feels very Texan in some ways, mostly because we eat like Tex-Mex while playing. Uh, <laughs> is that? <laughs> it's not because it's just like all about gunfighters. It's just you know. There's a little bit of that. There's a little <laughs> bit of like cowboy stuff going on. Right, right, um, right. It's hard not to incorporate that when it's like all around you. <laughs> That's fair. That's for whereabouts in Texas. Uh, Austin, which is very much unlike most of Texas, but yes. if you go a little bit north. Uh, which is where I'm I'm at when I'm there, it starts to feel a little bit more like historical Texas. Where- yeah. I visited Austin a few times now, only once in the dead of summer when it was real hot. Uh, but I used to go there for work and I oh, I just love Austin. And I would try and tell people like, Austin's amazing. And I live in Michigan. So people are like, it's in Texas, oh, wow. dude. And I'm like, no, 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 yeah. it's not. It's somehow it's not in Texas. Like it's its own, like, it's like the Vatican City of Texas, except for super <laughs> cool. But Austin's great. Austin's a great place. So 
fun fun place at least from visiting i mean you like have to yeah. live there so maybe you don't feel the same way but no, it's I, great as a visitor i thought it was awesome no it, it, it's great and there's like a lot of like there's a lot of video game companies out there which kind of lends mm, itself mm-hmm. to like a lot of people who are also into board games card games and tabletop rpgs right yeah i would expect that yeah that makes sense yeah people have like a lot a good of good story. stories yep yeah <laughs> um so uh what are what are you uh what are you currently working on that you can talk about so the main thing obviously would be i mean i'm in kickstarter the the world of kickstarter right now <laughs> <laughs> right 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 which is his own alternate dimension of existence I, i'm finding basically yeah 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 because <laughs> uh, we, we just launched uh, the kickstarter for battle of the boy bands but like other than other than that um <laughs> sometimes they sing other than that when that seems like my whole world seems like blasphemy sometimes <laughs> right, right, <laughs> but, right right banana don't let banana hear you say other than that yeah. she'll be like what are you doing that's not that cleo yeah oh my god hitting refresh every 10 seconds of course that's what i'm doing <laughs> but i'm really your job at this point yeah i'm wrapping up work on uh an rpg like a like a family oriented rpg called magical kitties save the day that sounds and so great. that's been I've been working on the Mars colony, uh, that kind of whole adventure setting. And so it's been, <laughs> it's, it's funny because like, even though it's, it's very much a kid's game, you don't think like, okay, I'm, I'm going to work on this kid's game and do a lot of research, like really <laughs> right. hardcore sci-fi research as if this was like hard sci-fi, but I've been doing, I know so much about Mars now. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I know like all these crater names. That's awesome. Just, is it so? Is it set on Mars, or is that just one of the adventures? That's like one of the adventure settings. So I was brought on to write, um, like one home. They call them home uh, hometowns. Uh, so there's different kind of settings with different things going on. Oh, and okay. so you can play the game like in in like non sci fi settings as well, kind of like other magical mm-hmm. uh, yeah. locations. But my focus has been entirely on Mars. Entirely on magical kittens on Mars. Yeah, I like, and it. it's it's been interesting uh, trying to have the like the integration of we have magical kitties, so there has to be a magical element. So it's blending the two genres of like fantasy and right, sci-fi, right. which is a very touchy subject for some people. It's like how you blend your fantasy and your sci-fi. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I could see people just getting up in arms about that. If you could throw in some like zombie horror, people would just their brains would just explode. Um, that doesn't know, right? really fit a kid's game. That's probably a bad... Ex- see, I'm not good at this part. Um, <laughs> kids love zombies, though. They do. That's true. That's fair. Yeah, it's yeah, true. Yeah, they yeah. love yeah. them. I saw a meme recently with Will Ferrell, and it was like, I wanted the apocalypse to be zombies. I asked for it four times. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? Yeah. Custom order an apocalypse. Right. I, my 10-year-old cousin, who I like, I run whenever I'm working on... Uh, games that are supposed to have kids as part of the audience yeah, yeah. i run ideas by him <laughs> very professionally <laughs> like um makes sense and, yeah i mean he definitely consumes a lot of zombie and he has ever since he was like very young like a lot of zombie materials there's a lot of actual just kids games that are that are very much focused on that on these really dark themes wow i didn't know there were kids games focused on zombies that's interesting uh, I mean, I guess that, like, if you strip away the idea of what a zombie actually is, right, then, like, the kids are just like, oh, it's a silly monster, right? Not like, yeah, it's a person <laughs> who's turned into a silly monster. Yeah. I know. This was yeah. someone's loved one. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, but no, my son would be really jazzed to play a game about magical kittens on Mars. He wouldn't care what the adventure was. He would just want to go find the rovers. 
uh because he's super into the rovers right now nice uh but um yeah that'd be cool too so extra points for working in rovers yeah um there's definitely a broken down rover mentioned somewhere in somewhere in the notes in the game he'd be like i'm gonna go fix it okay that's i'm gonna go fix it like you're there like you can explore it yourself no i'm gonna fix the rover that's it he's eight so he'd just be all over that (laughs) nice yeah that's a that is a good age for rover obsessions right 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 all right i mean you don't have to grow out of it like i still think rovers are pretty cool but you know oh i looked at so many pictures from like curiosity and stuff when i was doing research there's some really good stuff like oh my gosh some of the pictures they send back are just insane you know they're so good now too yeah right 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 yeah like scary good like now you get to know the vastness and emptiness of space (laughs) right like that's the, the i think the weirdest thing about mars is that most of the time when you see the pictures come back from curiosity from mars like that could be somewhere on earth right like it could totally be somewhere on earth oh yeah um but but it's got that like alien emptiness that's just it's really distressing like if you think about it too much oh yeah you know it's the I'm, best trust me I, i've been there very recently right. in my mind <laughs> right 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 the i liken it to there's this meme that went around and um for for a while and i've only seen it a couple times but it's one of my favorite things ever you maybe you've seen it. it's a cow staring at the ocean like the cow is just like standing in the water just staring at the ocean like it's like i don't know how the cow got there but it's like not photoshop it's a real picture of like a dairy cow just staring at the ocean right and it in the caption says i don't know what this cow is going through but i understand um and like like that's that's what i feel like when i look at like pictures from curiosity thinking that it's like this this robot out there right by itself oh yeah um you know doing this and i mean my kids have even said does does it get lonely and i'm like no 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 like it can talk to the people back home like it's not it's not lonely it sings happy birthday to itself <laughs> yes. yes it does i'm sure you know it's weird it's weird because like this remind i have it's not a phobia but i have like a weird deep fear of maps which like apparently other people have too. some other people like it's not just me in the world that is really interesting it's like a a bird's eye view of like especially if it's like a vast empty space and so it's interesting because so many games incorporate maps right right yeah the more cartoony and colorful and populated with things these maps are i feel better but if i see like a large expanse of nothingness it affects me even if it's like a totally fictional you know a game right location I still get struck with that same dread yeah, I <laughs> that think, I get if I look at a real map. Right. I think I get like, so the closest thing I can liken to that is, so I'm obsessed with islands, like looking at mm-hmm. islands on maps or like, like on Google Earth, like I will look for like remote islands and maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but the, the most remote island in the world is an island called Buvatoya or Buvet Island, right? And I'm obsessed with this island so much that I actually named my Animal Crossing island Buvatoya. Like, didn't even have to yes. think twice about it. Like, that's what I'm going to call it because it's like I would love to go there. But, like, when I look at that map, right, of it, like, and realize that, like, the closest place is 700 miles away and it's oh Antarctica. God. And it's not even near Jeez. anyone in Antarctica, right? It's not even, like, by the stations. Right. Um, like, and that is just, like, so interesting to me. Um, yeah, so I get it. Like, I, if you want to freak yourself out, you should look up, like, um, Points of Isolation, I think it's called. Points of Isolation. It already sounds terrifying. Yeah, so if you look it up on, it's like Google search for, like, blah, 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 Wikipedia. And it's, like, Points of Isolation around the globe. And I can't remember what it's, what there's a specific name for them. 
but it's basically like the furthest most point from any place from like so yeah so that's probably nightmare fuel for you so maybe don't do that oh yeah <laughs> i have ocd and so like i tend to like overlook at my fears like i'm like oh i'm terrified of spiders. Oh, i do the Let's same look at pictures so yep. yeah so so if you want if you want some like to torture your brain um i would look that up yeah so yeah well yeah. everybody knows what i'm spending my evening doing <laughs> <laughs> I, I want a full report i expected some messages to find out how you felt about it and Just seriously, existential dread. If you haven't looked up Buvatoya, do it. Same with the builders, uh, the listeners out there. Sorry, we call them builders. Uh, um, yeah, just uh, yeah, look at it. Look it up because it's 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 crazy. And it was actually mentioned in a movie. Um, I guess Alien versus Predator used it, which made me really <laughs> mad because I'm like, it's Alien versus Predator. Like, really, really. Um, anyways, so yeah, that was my spiel about that. <laughs> I love that it's your Animal Crossing island. Yes, right? Yeah, I mean, and it's funny because several people have been like, oh, that's a cool name. Like, what, what, what did you make what that up? It? And I'm like, I did not. Let My me Animal Crossing Island is called Blue Oyster, like Blue Oyster Cult. That's also pretty darn good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the song is the chorus from uh, Burning For You, because that's who I am. Nice. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, that's amazing. Um... <laughs> my pride and joy it should my be. legacy it should be yes yes my song is like i moved two notes around from the original song and that's my song <laughs> just change it to like a minor key yeah basically i i just needed the achievement for the nook miles so right and my flag is like the island flag that like is one of the choices to begin with because i was mm-hmm. just like oh this is easy so yeah i'm uh i'll do whatever i can to get nook miles so yeah yeah <laughs> Um, well, hey, let's, uh, let's talk about a topic here. So, um, yeah. So you want to explain a little bit about, uh, what you wanted to chat about today? Uh, yeah. So I've always been in, like, <laughs> for some people, this is a controversial topic, I'm sure, but like dropping a little bit of narrative flavor into games where maybe that was not written in or like intentionally supposed to be there. Right. Right. Yep. So... <laughs> So, like, for instance, I, the example that I, I tend to pull out, and, and I understand this is very much not everybody's experience, but, like, I love the game Splendor. Um, I oh think it's my very gosh. elegantly designed. That is my it's wife so and I's favorite game to play as a two-player game. Even It's not technically two players, but it plays marvelously with two players. Oh, yeah. Yes. In yeah, love I, I have game. it on yeah. the phone, too. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it is, I think, in my opinion, it's the best engine-building game, like, as a core, just simple engine-building game. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people will like send me messages and tell me I'm wrong about that, but uh, that's my opinion. So I'm glad to hear you love it too. Sorry, I got too so excited. Sorry, oh, no. I'll shut up. <laughs> no, I, I love Splendor. I think I, I could play it forever. I say that now, like you know, <laughs> we'll play it to death at one point. But <laughs> and obviously that's like it's not a story game. There's not like okay, you are playing the character of the Countess who like likes these jewels for whatever reason, right? It's not in there at all. Right, um, right. And I think part of it is that. The vast, I, my background is, you know, in tabletop RPGs and also LARPs. Uh, so <laughs> we, I come from a, a crew of like very story-oriented gamers. Um, and that, that helps with the situation a bit where we all just end up kind of assigning these personality traits to the car. Because you know how you have the nobles who you're trying to, um, you know, win over to oh, yeah. have yep. them come visit. Um, and I think that's one of the things is like in a game, even if there is not like a narrative like there's not narrative content per se 
um, other than like whatever the flavor of the game is, whatever the kind of the skin is on it. If the art is really expressive or very, like if it seems to tell a story on its own, then it lends itself very well for people kind of dropping those kind of story parts into it. Yeah. So we come up with like personalities for these nobles and like why this one's a total jerk and, <laughs> and like why we want to win this one over the most. And like these two are having an illicit love affair. Wow. Yeah, it's and it's silly. Like it's totally like there are definitely people who, if they sat down at the table with us and we were like, you know, messing around like that, they'd be like, "This is not the game. What are you doing?" That's an interesting point you make there about when someone sits down at the table with you, like I, it, who's not into it. Like I have this friend who used to play games with me more often than we do now, but they have this tendency when they sit down, like it's a cowboy game. Like they're just gonna like every action they take, they're just gonna talk like a cowboy. Um, <laughs> right. Even if it like makes everyone else uncomfortable because they're really not on the same like page, um, they will just do it. Like any game, they like want to get like super into like the character that they're playing, even if they're not playing a character. So, um, so I I get I get what you're saying. Like having that other person sit down and then be like, I don't get it. Like, <laughs> what do you? I I just see a noble. Here's my first question. I guess is. Do these stories carry over from the nobles? Like you're like, oh, it's Isabella and Roberto again this time, like having that love affair, or or no? Like is it you know like is it when you play a new game, it it starts fresh? Um, it depends because like if I'm playing with my partner because we play on the phone often when like we're waiting in lines, we'll play Splendor on the phone and pass it back and forth. Nice, um, which is a great way to spend if you're like waiting in line somewhere. Works well um, on airplanes too. Oh yeah. Um, then we have kind of like our our own associations because we play so much together that we have these associations that have just stuck naturally with different uh, yep, pieces of yep. art in it. Um, but like with other, and sometimes it's kind of like an inside joke that other people don't get and they forget that they don't, they're not in on it because you've just been right. like saying it for so long. And so, but usually like if you explain, if with like a, pe- with a crew that's like very story gamey, then the, they tend to figure out what's going on right away because they have their own weird little inside jokes about right, their right. own games. Um, right. You, <laughs> yeah. So it, it is fun. It, t- it turns itself into its own little soap opera. <laughs> you uh, maybe convince your partner that they like super hate uh, one of the nobles. And then whenever that noble comes up, they, they can't claim that noble because they hate it so much. Right. And uh, yeah, it's know, just like a social warfare, game. Really. Them, right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> This is I'm playing a long game for my strategy of Splendor to just be like superior. <laughs> Ten years from now, when I've brainwashed my partner into hating this one noble. Love it. And then whenever that one noble out of like fifteen happens to come up yeah. and they happen to have the chance to get it, you're definitely gonna win. Yeah. And it's funny because like different it's you know, if if it's a game that has um art of illustrations of people then of course you're coming up with stories about the people but if it's like you know settlers of Catan or or any kind of agriculture game i found it for some reason the theme the enforced or the inserted story tends to be about like oh well this land is like if something bad keeps happening if something keeps not working in this one square or hex or whatever it's like that land is cursed and that becomes <laughs> a story i love that so so other than for your own, you and your partner's own musings, right? And the fact that this is entertaining to you uh, and them as an experience as you play, like what else do you see as the benefit to something like that in, uh, in maybe a, 
a less confined group setting, right? So like if you were playing this with a at a game night or something to where there mm-hmm. wasn't that kind of like intimate knowledge of of these these characters and such because you've played it so many times, you know. Yeah. I do find that like cuz I I found this actually a lot when running Battle of the Boy Bands uh, cuz I've run that at God knows how many conventions at this point. I bet. <laughs> um, and it's not, again, like, it's, it's a card game. It's a competitive card game. It's not, like, a, a role-playing game. But for some reason, every single time I run it, it becomes, like, a, like people who are not story gamers start telling stories. Um, and I find that that helps to kind of loosen people up a bit. Like, people get friendlier, even if they're complete strangers, faster yeah. because they're creating stories together. And it gets goofy. Like, if it allows for, like, especially when it allows for some silliness and you, like, realize you're getting to this headspace of, like, you're creating, essentially, um, like a shared inside joke. And that immediately kind of builds a bond. Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, one of the examples that I think I can think of in my own personal life that ties into that is, you know, I've played, obviously, I play more board games than role-playing games, but I've I've played a lot of role-playing games in my day. Um, And when I think back at cons of times when I played a game with someone, I may not remember details about who played the game. In fact, I'll even say you were playing that game with us and the person's like, no, I wasn't. I'm like, that must've been another <laughs> con or I just imagined you were there. But um, but I can think back to, I played a game of Spycraft, um, like, gosh, um, probably 10 years ago at Gen Con. One session, one session, it was the only game I ever played of that. One session and there was a dude who was this scrawny little, like, nerdy-looking guy, right? And I mean that in the in most nicest way. Like, I'm not judging. But he came out, his code name was Cadillac, and he talked with a southern accent, and, like, I still remember everything about that guy and how much fun he was. Nice. And even, I, like, five years after that, I saw him at Gen Con. He didn't see me, but I saw him, and I was like, that's the guy! Like, I knew that was the guy. And I knew he wouldn't remember me, but, like, because we kind of had that, like I felt that bond over the fact that we were creating this story and these characters together. Right. So, um, yeah. So I think right. Tying that into a board game should theoretically help do the same thing. I would think like when you talk about like loosening everyone up, that's what that reminds me of, you know? Yeah. Um, It's like improv exercises at the beginning of when you're like doing high school theater. (laughs) Right. Right. And I, I feel like just, I've not played Battle of the Boy Bands, but looking at the art and such, and, you know, the fact that you're, like, boy bands with really cool artwork attempting to, like, you know, battle other boy bands. Like, how do you not make a story out of that? Like, you'd have to try not to make jokes, like, like a story out of that, right? Like, it just feels like it's just right there, right? Yeah, it's, like, begging you to, like, make up something about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Tell make me a story. Drama. Yes. Yeah. And that's like, yeah, it's interesting because when I was writing out the notes for um, the illustrator, uh, I, I was very much like pulling references from K-pop music videos and like other things. And it's kind of, nice. I always looked at like, what here is going to like bring the most drama? Like what here is going to be the most extra possible combination of things? Right, right. Because <laughs> oh, also people yes. like, people have fun when they can like make up stuff and like, Everybody, it's funny also when people have completely con, like I'll go from one game to the next game to the next game and everyone comes up with like, sometimes it's funny when people come up with the exact same backstory for a character and then other times it's even more funny if people have completely opposing backstories for the same person because I don't, I feel like I'm living in parallel universes when that happens. 
Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Um, so I'm trying to think of some other maybe practical applications for that. So I think, like you said, great for breaking the ice. I feel like it's great for helping you really remember an experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, there's like you said, there can be some sort of like uh, taboo of you know people feeling like this is just this is not what I sat down to do. Right? I sat down right. to um, play uh, play a board game. Right? And I, I think that. Games that I've seen where it kind of lends itself to it is negotiation games, right? Uh, and you mentioned mm-hmm. Settlers of Catan. And, like, I don't know about when you play Settlers, but when I play, like, negotiation and, like, getting people to help you and to do the things you need, like, that's, like, that's, like, 50% of the game. Yeah. Um, so, so I think that it's not that you're taking on a role, but you're certainly using a certain personality and skill towards working on that, which is depending on how unless it's exactly you it's kind of like role-playing right yeah i mean especially like think about games with um like a traitor element in it right like uh, yes, betrayal that's of house a great on the example hill. um yep and, and i always yeah no that's what it's called i always mix the order of words in that title so i always call it something different every t- every time so i just look on my <laughs> shelf to make sure i got it right um but like when you have to play a traitor, like that's that you, you are required to role play to some degree if you're playing a traitor in a game because you have to lie to people. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I I do. And this this is gonna sound potentially bad, but I do kind of like if there's somebody who I who has expressed some interest potentially far down the line and in, in playing in like a role playing game, like a heavy role playing game, but they just haven't done it yet. And they're like, well, maybe later I don't, I'm, they don't have like that confidence yet. Cause a lot of people, for a lot of people, it is like a lack of like their nerves are not going to be good at role playing. But right, if, right. Yeah. if you introduce them to the idea of it through a game that requires just like some very light role playing and it, it kind of like tricks you into role playing, um, yeah. then that, and then after the fact you're like, well, you kind of, you just did it already. So if you already right, did right. it, like that's pretty much the same thing you'll be doing if you play, you know, whatever RPG that right. I have in my closet that I haven't been able to play yet that I want to make this person play with. Me. Ah, right. No, that is true. I think there is a bit of uh, a bit of shyness and embarrassment that can sometimes go into that for sure when it's a heavier RPG um, where you have to be really, you know, into it. Right. Um, I know that I, I would feel shy a little bit, like if I was playing an RPG at a con and I didn't know any of the other players, it would feel a little weird to take on like. A, like a a character that was very eccentric or something or required me to be very much out of my comfort zone you know that uh that could be hard so i can yeah. totally see how that would be tough for others as well yeah it's like and also with conventions like it's always gonna be a little bit hit or miss and it can be scary like it can be downright scary like i've had really bad experiences occasionally uh both playing and, and running games at conventions so it, it's kind of like a huge act of vulnerability in a way to be like, okay, let's tell a story right. together where literally anything could happen. Right. Like bad experiences where somebody just goes off the rails or somebody is just ruining the game, like that sort of thing. Yeah. Like some, but like, so the worst thing was like people being racist when I was like GMing a oh. game. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. And like yeah. using yeah. it as like a, yeah, as a vessel for like bad behavior. And like, it's, and it's, that can be really like, and that was definitely like, there are certain, types of games i'll be very wary about playing at conventions now right um right unless i know the person who's running it or i know at least like two other players are sitting down uh and it's interesting right. now how that's kind of 
I mean, we're going through changes. We're seeing some conventions starting to try to go digital because of, you know, what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and like a lot on a, like a much smaller scale, some people trying to organize like experimental, I guess, house con adjacent, whatever the internet version of like a house con is. Um, right, right, right. A Zoom meeting. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I play so many games on Zoom yeah, over the past, yeah. like however many weeks. Um, but yeah, it's, it's. It'll be interesting to see what kind of new strategies people come up with for kind of handling that stuff. Right, right. Yeah, it is. Um, I guess one benefit to that is if you've got someone who's being terrible, um, and as long as as long as it's not the GM, right? If you've got mm-hmm. a player that's being terrible and you're the GM, you, you can just disconnect them, right? <laughs> yeah. just, just oh, I'm sorry, my internet's going right. out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, even just yeah. just say, hey, I'm sorry, I'm going to boot you out. Uh, because yeah. they're not sitting across the table from you to like flip out, right? You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do think there's that. Yeah, uh, from, I've seen that before too, where people are like, oh well, my it's not me, it's my character, right? Like I'm not right. racist, my character's racist. It's like, yep. well, <laughs> well, why do you want so badly for your character to be racist? Huh? Right, right. <laughs> I mean, because let's be honest, like a decent amount of role playing, especially for newer role players, is wish fulfillment, right? Like, yeah, I get to do this oh, yeah. thing that I couldn't normally do. I have superpowers. I'm really good with swords, right? I can do these cool things, you know. So when you're saying like I could be racist, like, that's <laughs> that's my superpower. Yeah. That's so we call a red flag. <laughs> yeah. <but> oh, <laughs> oh yeah, people. People are. We awesome. love people. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh yeah, so that was an interesting <laughs> path we just took there. <laughs> yeah. Any other um, things you think that are important to highlight around? You know, I think that um, using it as a gateway is a really, really good idea because I, I, I think that there is this. You know, as somebody who's role played a decent amount when I was younger and a little bit since I've been older, honestly, you know, for me. It's just the time commitment thing of like mm-hmm. playing in a regular D&D game or a regular any sort of game. Like a one shot is great because I can play it mm-hmm. and I can be done with it. Um, but like being able to play in a regular game is just, I just, I can't do it. Right. Whereas yeah. to have a one off board game with some people, I can do that sometimes. So good enough. Right. Um, but, you know, um, I do think that lots of people could benefit from playing role playing games. Right. I, I started running um, No Thank You Evil with my kids. And just watching how they problem solved and figured things out was really cool and um, yeah. a lot of fun, you know? So, um, yeah. So anyways, like I, I think that so many people could benefit from playing RPGs. Um, and if, if that works as a gateway, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes I'm not even like, it's not like a, this is my scheme. I'm going to sit you down and convert you to, to RPG player. Um, but like I have had people sit down to battle the boy bands and be like, okay, like I I don't do the like you know making up funny things because I'll, sometimes I'll preface it with like people do this sometimes and like I'll have someone sit down and be like I don't I don't do that but by the end of the game they're doing that and it's like very it's a very satisfying feeling to like have somebody start that is, that to is. just on their own uh, coming up with weird little story things and right I don't I don't yeah it's interesting because for some people I think they're so resistant to the idea of like, I don't think I'd have fun doing this, but then suddenly they're having, it's always good if you find a new way to have fun. Right. Like there's, that's yes. never a, well, a, rarely a bad thing. I'll say, I'll say never a bad thing, <laughs> but 
yeah, it's just, I think it's, if it opens up anybody's mind uh, to wanting to try more games, then it's just like, it. I don't know, mm-hmm. that's, there's a whole bunch of other games out there that you can play. And one-shots are great. Um, I, I especially like one-shots with, like, very not complicated mechanics because that right, just, like, allows right. you to jump right in. Uh, and that's the majority of what I'm playing these days uh, digitally. And, like, campaign games can be great, but... That's that. It, yeah, it is a lot. It's a big commitment. Uh, and even though everybody right now is, you know, mostly everybody is at home, that's still like <laughs> people are still right. busy at home. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Life does not stop when you're home. <laughs> yeah, especially if like if you have kids. And that's the other thing is like kids playing RP. Like this is. A, I think I started playing D and D when I was ten ish. Um, and so and like there are definitely games like our, I've worked on games that are um. Like, I worked on Flip Tales. I, I wrote an adventure for that, which is also, like, a family-friendly game. And mechanics are very straightforward, like, easy for, um, pretty easy for kids of, I don't, I don't know what the exact age range that's, like, uh, on the box, per se, is. But, like, I would be very comfortable running that for at least, like, a nine-year-old, maybe even, like, an eight-year-old, because it's mm-hmm. just, and kids are the best role players, because they don't, like, they don't know, like, you're not supposed to do such and such thing, right? Right, like, right, right. They're chaotic. <laughs> they'll just like make up whatever they want to yeah right i'm just gonna do this thing it's gonna be fun yeah all right well um yeah no that was an interesting topic to to cover and to chat about um i think it's something more people should try and and if you're a listener out there i would love to hear your thoughts on this uh you know how much do you um actually like uh you know how much do you incorporate uh a little role-playing elements into games that that aren't necessarily meant to have them you know i'd be interested to hear about that so yeah all right well hey now i would love it cleo if you would tell me about uh battle of the boy bands and you know tell me about the game how it works and we've touched on a couple things but i'd love to hear more a little more of the nitty-gritty on it yeah so um it's a competitive card game where you're all playing uh, producers in the very, very ruthless pop music industry. Uh, ruthless. <laughs> it's very ruthless. And you're competing in special events and you're trying to assemble the best boy band for those events. So you're going to get certain points based off of different boy band configurations. And also you are trying to sabotage your fellow producers' bands. Obviously, uh, right? <laughs> obviously. Uh, so that can look like, oh, I'm sending over somebody to try to like poach this perfect boy that would like, be perfect for my my band uh, from this other player. Or like I'm sending a shady character to take out this boy's kneecaps. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. No, it can get... It's funny because like it is... The art is very um, like very fun and like lighthearted. It sure is. Yeah. Yeah, and it's very, like, I'm very happy. Like, our illustrator, Red Mew, is, like, fantastic and, like, a joy to work with and, like, just created so many great, like, just like, really individual-looking boys. Like, they all look like they have their own personality. Um, but, like, yeah, some of the content of the game is honestly, like, it is a little bit darker because it is, um, the game is pretty heavily influenced by the K-pop industry. A lot of my, I've done, like, a LARP that was, I wrote a LARP that was also based kind of on the K-pop industry. Um and it definitely kind of dives into like with with like a bit of humor but it it still touches on some of those kind of like uh just the bad toxic dynamics of like managers and and right, the right. talent and whatnot uh but essentially yeah what you're doing for for each round is like there's a different event in play so like maybe 
it's a concert in a graveyard, which where you need to have (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, that that happens. Uh, But because each boy has like a different image type. So there are are the youthful and the rebellious boys. And those are the ones who are like kind of always in style. Graveyards. (laughs) (laughs) But then there's also like there's the supernatural boys. Right. And the emo boys, and then you also have the futuristic boys. But if you have a graveyard concert, then you're going to want more of the uh, the super those supernatural boys. That makes total sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's it's very like it is over the top. It is like supposed to be very over the top, and that's uh-huh. part of why it lends itself so much to like the weird storytelling aspect of people just like coming right. up with the weirdest things. Yeah. No. Yeah. I imagine that's got to do that, and so. What is the what is the, uh, the kind of the the player count like? Um, it's three to six players, and then three to it, six. Okay. Yeah, and um, it's funny because like when I first conceived of the idea, I thought of it being more for like like t- ages ten and up, but we've ended up going with like thirteen and up because it is it ended up kind of growing into this other game that wow, I've, you know you know how games you, change from when you first think of them. PG thirteen content, yeah, with breaking kneecaps. Yeah, um, it doesn't say breaking kneecaps, but like it, right. it is implied. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it, like it, a Pixar movie. The dirty jokes are just implied, right? They're just implied. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, and like you can. There's like certain things you get, like perks you could attach to the boys to like make them have higher points. So like, there's like a signature scent, and that's like it's always. always <laughs> Sometimes if I'm running the game at a convention, like I'll ask, like, what do you think that signature? If I'm trying to encourage the story right, uh, telling right, aspect, right. I'm like, what, what, what is? How would you describe the scent? This boy's signature scent that he's just put out and he's making this money off of. Oh my gosh, what is the signature scent? That is amazing. Um, so three to six. Uh, what element makes it best for three plus instead of like a two plus? Um, it's like it's very much because since you're all competing in an event and it's the sabotage is a really heavy element in it and the way that the turn order works uh it just tends to make the more people you have to attack the better right right, right. essentially it's what it boils down to like because there's going to be different there are different cards that target different types of boys right because yep. boys also yep. along with having the image type such as like rebellious or supernatural they also have talent types so they can be like a singer or a dancer or you know a rapper yes or, yes or the last one is a hottie if they're just like you know there to look nice on stage i didn't realize until like after the boy band thing was kind of done right uh like in america like you know we had like the backstreet boys and NSYNC and stuff mm-hmm. like I never realized that they had like primary singers in those groups. Like that never yeah. even occurred to me. Um, now it's like, well, yeah, of course. Like Justin Timberlake saying a lot, right? Like I get it. Like, but it didn't. Like I didn't even realize that when I used to to see them, right? And I'm I'm a, I'm aware of all the music and stuff. I um, it was funny when you talked about the warring stuff and the terrible managers. Like there was that manager who I don't remember. He's dead now. Uh, but that terrible guy who like managed. In sync and oh, yeah, was the Backstreet I Boys this. and O Town, Phil mm-hmm. or something like that. Uh, he was like an old bald white dude with glasses who just looked really creepy. Um, <laughs> and it turns out he was really creepy and he right. did a bunch of bad stuff. But yeah, that's what I thought of. So yeah, um, it, it feels better that you said it in the K-pop world because I know less about that. So the fun artwork makes. <laughs> sense. <laughs> makes it yeah. makes it more palatable, right? Instead of like, yeah. oh gosh. And it's, and it's part of like, I mean, there is kind of like a meta theme going on there, right? Like the exterior, the facade is so like light and fluffy, but on the inside, it has this like really heavy core. 
Right. Which is no. like the pop music industry in a lot of ways. Right. No, no. And I think that's, you know, um, yeah, no, I like that, that it's, it's outwardly portraying what you expect it to be. And then as you play it, you're realizing, oh, no, this is not what I thought it was. <laughs> yeah. And like some people don't, some people don't ever really kind of like pick up on that. They're just like, and that's totally like, it's, it's not like, oh, to get the full experience, you need to like realize the, like the message that I'm trying to to send about the music industry. It's like, there are people who totally just enjoy the light and fluffy aspects and like getting to be totally brutal with each other. Uh, But it's kind of like this, it's just like this additional level that's there to kind of explore and like look at if you start to notice it. Yeah, no, and I mean, it's, uh, I'm sure, yeah, some people just think of, like, this is all make-believe, right? Not realizing that, like, no, like, this is a, this is a devastating industry where bad things happen. Yeah. Um, Because I think when people hear about all the boy boy bands and then see those pictures, yeah, they're like, oh, this is a fluffy, funny thing. And it is, but, like, I like that it's got that deeper, um, under, darker undercurrent, right, that, uh, you know, kind of goes through it to, uh, I guess be somewhat educational about the horrors <laughs> of the pop music industry. Yeah. It's, I love that. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's its own little, it's like a candy with a terrible center. <laughs> there we go. We should put that on the Kickstarter page. It's like, this game is like a sweet candy with a terrible center. Oh yeah. You got to get some reviewer to say that. That's fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, it's been, it's, it's funny because I've been like, I've been looking at like some of the old pictures like that I used to take during play tests of the game, like way back when it was, I first came up with the idea and like I drew some of the boys out. Um, and like, I'm not an artist as anybody right, right, who's right. like ever seen me try to draw something will tell you. Um, but like, I was, it's just interesting to see those early iterations of the sketches where I'm like right. trying to portray this angst, oh, that's... but like with my very bad drawing skills. It's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I mean, there is um, a whole category of boy, which is emo boy, so it checks out. Right, right. Yeah, yeah for sure. Anything else about the game you want to like um, get out there? Yeah, so I mean, uh, right now we're on, we're on Kickstarter. We launched on May 5th. Oh my God, I don't even remember at this point. We'll be up for about a month. All what is the it, days like, blur together. I think it was actually, I think it was May 5th. Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. This Tuesday, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we have, and we also have a tier. So um, I think our main tier, I should, I should know this by now, is $25. But like we do have a tier that's $15 for people. Because yes. like right now, we did push back the Kickstarter a couple times because of the pandemic. And like it felt, it was just odd because a lot of people are like, struggling financially right now and so we we and we wanted to like figure out the best way that we could still try to make this game available so we have a uh for people who who can't pay the full price uh so we do have a 15 dollar tier to have the game um but there's a limited number of that so i don't know by the time this comes out whether that'll still be available but it is out there right right now i I think that's fantastic to do that at all i mean the fact that that game in a Korean, you did that. I think that's that's really good because people are struggling, right? And and I think mm-hmm. for the most part, people are going to be honest about that, right? Because especially people who back games, you know, in the Kickstarter world, most of us just want to help people, right? Um, yeah. And the game, I think the game is twenty five. It has a deluxe version that might be thirty. Yeah, we have a like a version. VIP yeah, that, so, uh, pass with the lanyard, right, which right. <laughs> my one of my favorite, like somebody also mentioned like the favorite piece of content writing on the Kickstarter is like this VIP pass doesn't actually get you into any real event. Right, like, it's right. just for show. 
<laughs> but now we're like maybe yes. we'll have an after party but yeah like we are um as of recording i think we are about three-fourths of the way to our goal um it's really it's been wild just like seeing this on kickstarter finally after however many years i've been working on this i actually like do not remember how long i've been working on this um, right right but These... yeah it's it's it is like a it's a fun game for like if you're feeling like just kind of playing a really sabotage heavy game uh, and messing yeah. with your friends and like it doesn't actually it's one of those games it's not like risk where like the risk a game where like could that could end marriages in my experience <laughs> right, right? Yeah. i don't know it's man not, it's if not my wife screws with stuff. my boy band we're gonna have words so yeah. yeah it's not that level of like this will generate lifelong grudges it has a few <laughs> joke lifelong grudges uh, that is generated uh but it, it so it, it's it's that level of sabotage where you you will be able to sleep at night afterwards right that's probably for the best yeah but yeah it's um as we, we bring it to when, whenever conventions start happening again. We'll start bringing it to those as well. Right, right. I demoed it last time. I demoed it at a convention was at uh, PAX Unplugged. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I was going to go to that this year, but I'm guessing that's not going to happen. So, yeah. No, I'm excited. Uh, the game looks like a lot of fun. I do encourage builders to check it out. Uh, Battle of the Boy Bands on Kickstarter uh, looks like a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, yeah. So... Anything else that you would like to plug while you're here? Any other projects or anything you've got going on you want to throw out there? Other than, um, than Kittens on Mars? Sorry, kids, Magic Kittens kitty, on Mars? Magic Kitties on Mars. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're interested in seeing uh, any of my RPG work, like I did write, yeah, No Such, no such I did write No Such Place as Koreatown, uh, which is like an adventure setting for kids on bikes, and that can be found in Strange Adventures Volume 2. Uh, if you're also, I mean, more, more recently I, I worked on a thing for, uh, the time travelers codex for mutants and masterminds. So if you oh, like superheroes awesome. and time travel, uh, you can check that out. Cause that, that, and that's from green Ronin and that was fairly recent. Very cool. Mutants and masterminds is a fun game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that was, that was fun to work on. And if you're kind of just looking for like me in general online, you can find me pretty much anywhere at CYS Davis. That's Twitter, uh, Patreon, like everything. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, hey, thanks again, Cleo, for coming on the show. I was really, um, this was this was a fun conversation and it was great to hear about the work you're doing and uh, and uh, talk about role playing uh, in in board games and uh, talk a bit about Battle of the Boy Bands. So I appreciate you you visiting us tonight. Yeah, thank you so much for having me and talking about boy band silliness. Yes, yes, of course, of course. All right, now I do this whole spiel at the end of the show that, that's really good. So here we go. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us at buildingthegamepodcast.com. If you want to email us, you can get us at buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com. If you want to call us, call us at 770-TELL-BTG. Or you can find us on the Twitter at PodcastPTG. I am at J.A. Slingerland. Cleo, as she said, is at C.Y.S. Davis. Yeah. Right? C.Y.S. Davis. Okay. Yep. Yep. And uh, yeah, or you can find us on um, Facebook, uh, the App Store, I'm sorry, the iTunes Store, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, uh, all sorts of other places, and uh, give us nice five-star reviews on there. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, but we encourage you to come back next week, and we'll see you then. 
Good night. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Dial 770 Hotel BGG. Please don't use the email.